Hey Vessels, this is Love. And this is Zion. And thank you for tuning in for another episode of Voice of the Vessel Podcast, where we want to encourage and inspire you to be you, and where we grow in purpose, on purpose. You didn't forget the tag, did you? I did, almost, I did. (laughs) I was like, uh... This week we're freestyling. Um, we have a couple topics that we know we're going to talk about, but um, we want to kind of piggyback off of last week's episode. Um, I had a just like a moment, an encounter today, and it set the president of my whole day. And so um, I just kind of told Zion, like, we need to record. I was so full today. And it was a normal day. It was a good day. Um, out of the blue... One of my coworkers hit me up and she said I had been on her mind all day and she just wanted to check on me and the kids and things like that. Wanted to see how work was going. So it was a normal conversation in the beginning, but through us talking and kind of catching up, me asking about her children and, you know, how work was going on her end. Um, she told me, she said, hey, on your lunch break today, go take a walk and just talk with the Lord. And. I don't know why it just made me burst out in tears. Like literally I just broke down crying and it wasn't the ugly cry. It was, (laughs) it was more of a like satisfying cry. It was just in that moment. It was so special because I was flooded with the thoughts of, you know, how the Bible says that he'll leave the 99 for the one and things like that. Just, you know, I even thought of the Israel song, um, who am I that you are mindful of me? how you hear me when I call. And it just took me to a place of just being thankful and grateful. Like I told you, I have like this love story with God where I'm totally in love with him. And it's just those little things. Like he constantly does random little things for me throughout the day that just, I mean, I'm going to be honest, some days I don't really realize it or some days like it, you know, it's after the fact when I'm like, dang, like that was you, Lord. I know that was you. But there are moments where it's undeniable. You're speaking to me or you want to speak to me and you he just does like the most special things for me. And it's so crazy because I always want him to listen to me when I'm talking to him. But He's constantly speaking, and sometimes we're not constantly aware. So what he did was he sent a message to me through somebody else that he wanted personal intimate time. And it was so crazy because he set up the day where I didn't have a huge caseload, so I didn't have a lot of cases to do. So it was just like I had no excuse, really, as to why I couldn't spend time with him. And so... um. Not that any excuse is good enough, but it's just, I see that he orchestrated the day to where even while I was at work, I was able to really, you know, spend quality time with him. And it was just amazing to me. It was so needed, like so needed. And I think that's where the tears came from because I I needed it so bad. And it was just so beautiful, so wonderful. And it, it, I don't know. I just... I mean, I could talk forever about it, (laughs) but 
the point is, it's so beautiful how he woos you with his spirit. And he just loves you in a way that, you know, man can love you, right? But his love is just undeniably beautiful and on point and it's right what you need at the right moment and he even tells you like hey look I want to spend time with you in times where you're not even thinking about it you're doing your regular things throughout the day he'll send you a message saying I want to spend some alone time with you and today I'm about to cry that was just so special to me and I'm so thankful for my relationship with him taking the time to sit in his presence is so essential to me um, whether it's just sitting in his presence or talking or writing, because I find it better for me when I write it because I just feel like he downloads so much into me to the point where sometimes my mind doesn't know how to formulate the words to actually speak it. So I'll have to like write it down. And it's just so amazing how I can spend like an hour writing down two or three pages of something he's given to me versus me just like sitting there talking to myself or like talking with him. So having that time with him in that way really allows me to become one with him, to like see his spirit really involve and like develop in me. Um, you know, his thoughts will become my thoughts. His My actions reflect him and his glory and really sitting and taking that time out to be with him really grows me in a way where I can see myself slowly becoming more like Christ and what I do and what I say or what doesn't affect me anymore or just the things that do affect me now are a lot different than what they used to be and sometimes I see how different my life has been in the course of a year or even a couple of months as it is to now because I really have been taking that time to really sit in his presence and really doing it in the main like the minor things like in the shower taking the time out to really be like hey yo hey god how you been um let's reflect or let me just think about how great you are in my life and how much you mean to me how much you are the love in the center of my life like how you take the time out to really be with me and I don't deserve it, but you give it to me anyway because you, I am your child and you are my dad. You know, you are my father. You are my Abba. You know what I mean? So much more than just a friend or a lover. It's all of that mixed into one. So just having that is really a weight off of my shoulders, really understanding that my identity is found in Christ and Christ alone. And even though my life might not reflect the position that he has me for the future, I understand it is growing and it's developing my faith because I know the plans and the purpose he has for my life. And even though I don't see how that's going to happen, um, I'm very much excited and expecting it because that's just who he is. And really acknowledging that and sitting in that really grows me personally okay so while you were talking do you see the tear I do see the tear <laughs> while you were talking I was so moved because number one I do see the difference in your attitude even around the house right um number two when you said Abba it just almost took me out completely um and I'm gonna get through this without crying 
<laughs> I'm there though. But you were just spot on with everything you said. And I almost thought you were about to cry. Um, and it was kind of moving me because I was in mommy mode at that moment. <laughs> but because it's so special for me to experience my children have a real relationship with God. Like, you know, I, even with Eli, like I look at my youngest son and how he's sending me stuff from his Bible app on his phone and how, you know, I can say anything is wrong. You know, um, my knee is stiff or I have a pain in my ankle or just anything. My head is hurting and immediately he grabs my hand to pray. And so um, it's things like that that just really, it blesses me as a mother, number one. Um, and number two, you said, you know, more than just a friend and a lover, but that father relationship, that dad relationship. And that's so special, right? And so you took it to a, a, another level, which would just bless me. It just blessed me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's so important. For us to realize that um number one we do have to pursue him like number one like we have to pursue him like more than we pursue anything in our lives you know speaking from a mother role you know I taught my children to pursue education that was kind of like a mandate in my household pursue education right number one I don't I even tell Zion like you got to get your degree I don't care what you do after that. You can be a lounge singer if that's your heart's desire, but you have to produce that degree. And it was for me. It wasn't for the world. You know, it really wasn't so much for her. It was just my principle of education is the one thing that nobody can take away from you, right? So be educated. And I don't mean just go to college for the sake of going to college. Like pursue a passion that you have, even if you change your mind later down the road. But, you know... My kids graduated early from high school, so they um, went to college really early. And so um, you graduate, both of y'all had degrees by 21. So I'm like, you still don't know what you want to do with your life, but at least you have that, you have a bachelor's degree at 21 and you can say, oh, well, if I want to pursue my passion in music and it doesn't work, then I have a business degree and I can, you know, start a business or work in a corporation in some type of business role. Um, but more outside of that, more than that, um, I took a career development presentation and it was so funny to me because they showed like what the normal career path is. And they said, most people think it's like a straight path, but it was a picture of this side of this mountain and it had so many curves and like figure eight loops and, you know, highs and lows and all of these you know just the road was just really really curvy and it dawned on me it was like a myth that people think that you know your journey is going to be this straight path and kind of everything is going to end up working out but anybody who's lived like really lived for a while can tell you that a lot of times your journey is not straight a lot of times you may have to go backwards to get ahead. Sometimes you may have to move to a different lane to go forward. So it's so many different things that happen on your path and on your journey. And so when you said your life may not reflect what's going to be or where you sh we're going to be in your future, it's like, to me, that's a key component to kind of keep at the front of your mind 
to know that there's not necessarily a certain place that I have to be as long as I'm in the purpose and will of God. And it's just that being intentional. I'm so big on the intentionality of things. If if you are intending, if you purpose to spend time with God, it says, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything will be added. So as long as you're intentional in your pursuit of Christ, as long as you're intentional of, you know, with spending time with him, if in being in his presence and manifesting his glory, then everything is going to work out. I promise, I absolutely promise that everything will work out. It's just about being intentional. I love how you worded it. I kind of struggled myself with understanding to pursue God first over all things because I was really um, stuck on pursuing education and a career and making sure um, I had all the things. Like I made sure I was educated and had two master's degree. I got a decent job to help my family in any way I could. I had a good income, but like I remember feeling the this strong feeling of like sadness for some reason, and I didn't understand why. I had to ask God, like, why do I feel this way? Like, I'm content overall. Like, I have no real reason to be feeling this overwhelming sense of, like, sadness and, like, discontentment. But I... Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Was it unfulfillment? Okay, yeah. Basically, that's what it was. I had to understand that even though I was pursuing these things, I was like reaching these goals within myself that I had set for myself. And I felt like I was finally pushing the door for something. And then I don't have a job anymore. So like that door completely closed, but now I don't have that sense of sadness or I don't have the discontentment because I understand that there is more for me. And I was pursuing one thing thinking that, you know, this is the path I'm supposed to be doing. I need to have a good job. I need to have a good career because that's what the world tells you. The world tells you, hey, you get your education, you get a good job, and then you kind of just work and take care of your life or you take care of your family or whatever you plan to do with it. And then you kind of just stay in that area, stay stay in your lane. And I had to realize that that just wasn't what was in the cards for me so that's why I was experiencing that sadness and it was really like a cult um I don't want to say cultural shock but it was really just a shock to my system realizing that I was made for more and I've kind of always didn't want to go down that path because I understand that there's just some hardships that come along with going down certain paths um, that the Lord's called you to. And it's kind of just, it just seems easier to do the path where everybody else is taking. And I had to realize that if you really want to pursue Christ, you really want to pursue God, you have to do what he's called you to do, regardless as to your feelings or what you believe or how it may seem, because ultimately he got you number one and it's all going to work out for your good. And I just had to come to this realization that my real desire in life is to just make sure I fulfill the purpose that God has called me to do. Like I was hit with this um, question inside of me, like if you had one wish that could be granted, what would you wish for? And I thought about it like, 
could I do something selfish and say love or money or fame, you know, just for something selfish? I wouldn't do that. But at the same point, I thought about maybe ending world hunger or war in general or um, just world peace. When I thought about it, I thought that it would be selfish too because it, because there's a reason for that suffering. There's a reason for pain. Even though we kind of can't see it or comprehend it with our little tiny minds or fathom the reason behind certain aspects, there is a reason for everything. So when I really thought about it, like what could I really wish for that would be satisfying to me enough? And the only thing that I could come up with is to know that God's got me and will never leave me. And I know that I fulfilled the purpose that he had for me. And when I really thought about what those, what that wish was for myself, I couldn't really wish that because I already have those things. I have that assurance. He's already told me in his word that he will never leave me or forsaken me, that he will guide me the way I'm supposed to go. And even if I'm not, if I'm unsure or do something wrong, he will lead me right back. Leave the 99 for the one, you said. So I really had to come to realization that I really honestly don't need anything else but him. And being hit with that realization really gives me a sense of comfort and peace, understanding that I don't need anything else in this world. Well, a lot of people can be tethered to other things or bonded to things that feel, that gives them a sense of purpose or meaning or entitlement. And I really don't have those things. I don't have anything that kind of keeps me to this world. It's basically just my Lord and my Savior. And that's a really good feeling to know that I don't really have nothing that could keep me from my Lord. Are you full tonight? I don't know. <laughs> you seem like you might be a little bit emotional and full, and it's okay. I mean, <laughs> no, it's it's my voice. I don't know what it is. Like, like that's why I write a lot because I realized that my voice would kind of just get emotional itself, and they'll be like, "Hold on, what's going on? <laughs> why are you talking like that?" <laughs> Your voice gets emotional. I yeah, love it. like I love it. <laughs> so I, that's why I'm, I write a lot because sometimes my my speech and the way I talk can be like, well, what's going on with her? But it's like, nah, it's just, um, I guess I need to focus on speaking maybe more. Maybe it's humility. Yeah. I was going to say that maybe this is why God had you to come back because you need to, you know, work on your voice, <laughs> but, um, not to, you know, divert. It's so funny, you know, in listening to everything that you're saying, um, we were talking about relationships going down the road one day and you were asking me questions about, you know, relationships and finding or allowing yourself to be found by your spouse and stuff like that. And, um, and I told you, I was like, you know, we can do all the things, you know, we can make sure that we're in the best shape and we have the best skin that we have the best hair. We can make sure that we're highly educated and we can make sure that we have, a good emotional sense or, you know, like we're emotionally mature. We can make sure that we're everything we need to be, but, and still not find the right person or allow ourselves to be found by the right person. We can still end up in a bad relationship, you know, in bad relationship doesn't have to be a toxic relationship. It's just something that doesn't work for you. Right. Um, the point of it all was 
in order to make sure that you find the best or you have the best or you're found by the best, I, I ended up telling you like the only way to ensure that is to seek the Lord. And I think I, I reminded you of a quote that became very important to me when I was young. And it was, I want to be so hidden in Christ that a man has to seek him in order to find me. And so um, it's just funny how you everything that you said just led back to it. It's all about the Lord. It's only the Lord. You know, it's nothing else that really matters besides the Lord. And that's a sense of freedom that a lot of people need and want. They just don't know how to get there. Like they don't know how to personify that. You know, I want that freedom. You know, some people don't even believe it's real until they experience some of it, you know, a taste of it. But a lot of people want that freedom. They just don't know how to get there. And for the people that are not there, imagine not having to worry about what kind of car you're going to drive or like, okay, so, you know, we was house searching for a while, searching for a house. I was in this home buying process for over a year, like two years, I think. And we had seen several homes. One of them, we had signed the contract to purchase the home and things didn't work out. So my entire house was packed up. We were all ready to move. For months, my entire house was packed up. And when I say we were like, I want to say like two or three days before closing. It was two or three days before closing. We The only thing we left out was like a few cups, a few plates, and some silverware just to get us by, right? Um, everything else was packed up. We just left out a few outfits for the, those couple days that we had in the house. And then, you know, one or two days when we moved until we got like, you know, washing machine and dryer set up and stuff like that. So literally everything was packed and then the closing fell through and it was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to find another house within the next 30 days, guys. We're not going to unpack this whole house you know, we're, we're going to buy a house, like how you got money and you can't find a house to buy. Like that doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Right. So, and I knew what God had promised, right. I I was standing on that promise. I had written it down, you know, right. The, the vision I had written it down. So I knew that everything lined up with what God had for us. I just needed everything to align. And, um, it was, it was so crazy because when it finally happened, I literally didn't have to do anything. Like everything I asked for was present or provided. Everything, like down to the T, like every single thing. And then there were perks. <laughs> like he went above and beyond what I asked for, right? And so in hindsight, with the, the home, the first, we went through two homes actually, but with the first home that I was going to, um, now I say settle on, it wasn't as nice as the house that we ended up getting. You know, it, it was, there were things that we would still need and we would have to make changes and we would have to do things in order to make it exactly what we wanted it to be. And it was possible. It's just why settle for that when I have something that's already completely laid out, that's, that's completely made for you. This was made for you. You know, you can just walk in it. <laughs> That's it. And so um, I think about the freedom of not having to worry about where I'm going to move and how nice it's going to be and, you know, all of these things. There's a freedom in Christ where if I focus on him, he takes care of everything else. 
And so as a people, especially as a woman, I was trained probably mostly by myself. (laughs) I'm not going to say there were no outside circumstances, but mostly by myself. I'm a really hard person when it comes to certain things, especially my standards and principles. And so I kind of trained myself to take care of everything. And at a really young age, you know, I was married at 20 years old. And so I trained myself to, you know, after the marriage didn't work out and I was on my own and I was a single mother and I was this young Christian single mother whose parents were bishop and pastor. And so there was a level of responsibility and in the religious thinking, you know, there was stuff I had to do because now you're this unmarried mother or divorced mother of children who, what are you going to do now? (laughs) And so I learned how to, work my butt off and pay all the bills and make sure that every single aspect of our lives was taken care of, you know, having the grass cut and making sure that, you know, you guys had everything you needed for school. And I didn't ask anybody for anything. And I just had this mindset of, I have to take care of everything, but that's not God's will for me as a woman or just me as a person, period. Like we're supposed to lean and depend on him so that he can make sure everything's taken care of. And now I'm in such a place where I don't even think about bills. Not that I don't have none, because I do. But the Holy Spirit just has this way of reminding me, hey, electricity bills do. And I don't even think about it. I'm paperless, so I don't even get the bills. I just don't even think about it. And he just kind of, in my spirit, will remind me, hey, the electricity bills do. And I'm like, okay, let me pay the electricity bill, you know? And I, and I love it because there's a freedom in just resting in him and knowing that everything is going to work out and everything is going to be taken care of. And honestly, it's such a getting to place. It took me a long time to get here. It took me going through high blood pressure and unnecessary stress and a lot of stuff <laughs> to get to the place. But I am glad that I have arrived at the place called Freedom where I don't have to worry about outside circumstances and those things still happen. I now I just call it warfare because, you know, people be acting crazy sometimes and I know some of their actions are purposeful, but I have to really concentrate on the spirit and not the person. And so that's why that's that warfare. So it's still there. It's just out there. And I'm trying my best to cement myself in the fact that whatever's out there, does not have the right or opportunity to get in here and that's true freedom first i gotta say thank you because of the type of mother you are i got to be able to experience freedom first i didn't have to work and find a job and support myself because we live in a society where as soon as you're 18 or as soon as you get of age you just want to go You want to find your own thing. You want to do your own thing. You don't want to be tied down to your parents. You don't want to, you want to have your own sense of your stuff and your own stuff. And really having you as a mother really gave me the opportunity to understand that freedom sometimes is found in those moments where, I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say. I'm about to cry. (laughs) Freedom is found in those in those moments where you don't have unnecessary responsibility. Right. You can just be an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old. I was 20, a wife and a mother. 
And I never wanted you to have those responsibilities before you enjoyed your life. If you wanted to travel to Africa, baby, go to Africa for two weeks. You ain't got to report nothing to nobody. Go to Africa. Go walk and see and, and experience and go to Greece and have great food and go to Israel and see where Jesus walked and, you know, all of those things like the world is at your fingertips. Enjoy the world. What are you working for? I'll make sure we get you a car. I'll make sure you have a roof over your head and your bills are paid and your insurance is paid. And I'll make sure that you have what you need. First, be you. <laughs> Find out who you are. Submit yourself and your identity. And then those responsibilities will come. I'm a, an advocate of don't rush because when life happens, it happens. I remember taking a pregnancy test. And having to, you know, tell everybody, hey, I'm pregnant. And I remember like how my life literally changed. I was in college at the time. I was finishing up college classes. I was working full time and my entire life changed. Everything changed. It was a whole, totally different picture when it was all said and done. And I don't regret any of it. It's just I know how quickly life can happen and changes can be made. And maybe they're not bad changes. It's just sometimes unexpected changes. And I just wanted my children to be able to experience who they are and ex and just really have memories and, and, you know, to do things and really explore life without those extra responsibilities. Because a lot of times when you join that workforce, you're in it until you're 65, so, you know, you start at 18 and by the time you look up, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm retiring. I have worked my entire life and I never wanted y'all to look back and say, what do I have to show for it? Besides a house that I can't take with me or money that, <laughs> you know, some people, you know, I'm not even going to go there. It's just, I, I just wanted you guys to have something that nobody could necessarily say they gave you, but definitely nobody could take away from you. Yeah. And you were successful in that. I'm able to really take the time to have some self-development, to have not just like financial tools, but actually like mental and spiritual tools that I won't have to go through certain things when I'm 30 or 40 because I understand it now at 20. And sometimes you don't really get to take that time of reflection and self-awareness until you know, you're not so burdened with everyday life that other people have to experience, such as a work or just doing everything you have to do to be successful in the world we live in today. So I really appreciated having that time to really look at myself and be like, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? What do you want? What do you love? You know, what makes you tick? What makes you angry? You know, like... Right. It's all of those experiences that if you don't take the time at some point, you may never take the time. Like we, you have adults that are just extremely immature or extremely emotional or, you know, whatever, just because they never had the opportunity to take the time to find out who they really were, what they really like, and to really chase their dreams. I wanted you guys to chase your dreams. The one thing I said to you, if you remember, was... I don't want you to be me. I want you to be better. I loved my life. I had a great life. Would I have made changes? Absolutely. However, 
I've wanted you to have every experience that I couldn't have. And to me, that's truly like, I don't want to say a role, but like what every parent wants for them, their children to, to have better experiences than what they did. And I also tell my children that experiences can be the teacher of fools. I'm not knocking experiences. Experiences are good if you use them as lessons. Um, however, I explain to them, like, you don't have to experience what I've experienced. If I know the pot is hot, don't touch the pot. <laughs> if I know that, you know, staying out late and partying or whatever will get you in trouble, then don't stay out late and party. Just come home at a decent time. Like, you know, those things that it's like, look, I've been down that road. Don't do it. And it's not that I'm taking any experience away from you. I'm just giving you the wisdom and knowledge so that you don't have to get burnt by something that I've already experienced. It's crazy when you talked about like partying and stuff, because I feel like every um, individual when they get to a certain time wants to experience those certain things. But um, really just when I was experiencing those things, I kind of just knew at a certain time, all right, we had enough fun. Like it's, it's a line that I won't cross because of how I was raised or the things I went through in my life. And I thought I was sheltered, but honestly, I was really just, can we say protected? Yeah, <laughs> I was protected and made aware of certain things early on. So when I was in college and it was like, um, we're going to this party off campus. I'm like, nah, it's cool. I'm not really finna go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I can just chill at the campus or go um, go to a kickback that somebody else is having instead of just going off campus where I don't know who these people are. I They don't go to my school, and I'm going to be in a whole different atmosphere, and I don't know who these people are. And if I'm drinking, how am I getting home? You know what I'm saying? Like, just certain things like that versus if I'm on campus, I can walk my butt back to my dorm and be okay. Like, I'll know the people there. There's security there. It's, like, more of a safer environment. So if I'm going to do something wrong, if I'm going to be dumb, I can at least be smart about me being dumb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Plus, your mama was crazy. Right. Yeah, your mama was crazy. She'll pull up at 2 o'clock in the morning and be like, what's well, not unexpectedly, but, you know, if something go down, you know what I'm saying? You knew, like... <laughs> I'm not going to put myself in that situation because my mama crazy. <laughs> right. And there was just certain things that my college friends went through. And it was really, I was in the midst of it, but I always left before things went down. And I think it was, it was really just a favor and grace of God. Yeah. But um, it was a lot of education in that too. And I'm like, ah, this skin too crazy. Let me go ahead and dip before anything happens. And usually as soon as I leave, they was getting in trouble. I was like, thank you, Lord, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so um, we just want to encourage our listeners to enjoy life. I mean, even in these days with everything going on, like there's still the ability to have joy. Joy is, is I just heard this recently, like it's different from happiness. Um, And I, you know, I took psychology, right? But I don't study psychology like I'm not abreast of it right but I will say that the guy was saying that um happiness is is being stimulated by the outside things but joy is something that's inside 
You know, joy is something that's internal. Joy is something that we get from the Lord. It's different from happiness. You know, your happiness can change by a mood or an emotion or by somebody's words. But joy is something can't nobody take from you, right? It's that inner joy, right? And so um, I just want to encourage you to experience the joy of the Lord. Like it does not matter what's going on in the news or what's going on in, in, you know, our financial state. It does not matter about any of those things, wars and rumors of wars and, you know, rumors of plagues and all of those things. It doesn't matter. Like you can still have joy. And I also want to bring up the fact that there is freedom in having that joy in him. Sometimes we need to be able to self-reflect, learn about who you are, learn of who you are in him. What is your purpose? Like, what do you think the Lord is calling you to do? Why haven't you done it yet? What's holding you back? Do you feel like you're inadequate because you're not? Or do you feel like things in place are not working out right now? Or I'll do it when it does work out. That time will never come. You better do it now. Um... So just taking that first step and understanding who you are and finding your purpose in Christ really gives you that freedom to be able to allow God to just take over everything and you are just literally being molded with his hands. So take the time to really develop that within yourself and all the rest just falls in line miraculously. It's funny because last week when we recorded, I was talking about how angry I was because of a situation I had went through. And I don't think I divulged on what the situation was, but um, I had court and I won't go into details, but I will say that the same day that I had to appear in court, um, my uncle in New York was getting buried like the very same day. And I was so offended by this person <laughs> who purposely um, started the whole court proceedings without warrant, right? Um, I was so angry at them personally that I allowed the situation to steal my joy. And this is how, right? We talked about, you know, be angry but sin not and stuff like that. And I ain't knocking nobody's head off. So, you know, I was like, well, that's good enough. Like, you know, they better be thankful that, you know, I didn't pop off or I didn't get loud or I didn't argue or, you know, I didn't show my butt or nothing like that. But it was more than that. It was the fact that I allowed the situation to steal my joy. And I had to repent because... I was diagnosed a couple years ago with stress-induced high blood pressure, which is so crazy because it's not about, like, don't have no salt or, you know, don't eat no bad foods or anything like that. It's not about something else in my body that's going wrong. It's your stress causes your blood pressure to spike. And it's not like a little bit. It's like stroke level. So you have to watch your stress. Like you literally can't go zero to 100. You cannot allow things to bother you to the point where it sets you off. Even if you don't get angry or anything like that. Like if even if it makes you sad, because that's a component too. like the things that hurt me really, really hurt me. Like it, they, it's like a cut, you know. And so um, in, in dealing with that and knowing that that's something that happens to my body that I didn't think I could control. Um, I thought I had got better until that circumstance happened where it's like, I'm sitting up in court 
with you when my entire family is in New York burying my uncle. And I was so angry by the circumstances. Like, how dare you have me here when it's something that, number one, I didn't do. I didn't do anything to, to warrant the situation. Like, and you know you dead wrong. Like, you're dead wrong. You can paint whatever picture you want to paint, but the facts are the facts and they speak for themselves. We shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here, you know? And so, um, and it, it just made me think how people, how the actions of somebody else can affect so many things. Or And it's so funny because it's not just affect, it's infect, right? It can infect so many things. And that person might have no idea how that stress from that one day could have completely took me out. Like I said that my blood pressure can spike the stroke level. So if, you know, if you were in your feelings about something and you decided to take some type of legal proceeding that, again, was unwarranted (laughs) and it caused me to leave this earth, then how would you feel? Like, would you just not care? Like, you know, that was my thing. Like, you don't, people don't really understand how their actions could really infect somebody else's situation. So now I have children that don't have their, so now there's children that don't have their mother. There's a father who just lost his wife who doesn't have his daughter. And I'm the baby girl. Like, people don't understand how things can affect other people. And they just go about doing stuff, not thinking about anybody but themselves. And again, (laughs) we have to focus on the spirit behind the person and not the person itself. So I have to keep reminding myself. But I said all of that to say I had to repent because I I allowed this situation. The spirit that came to steal my joy was successful because I completely lost my joy. And I focused on all of these things that... I really don't even have to worry about God's got me. I didn't end up in a hospital where nothing bad happened to me. I'm still here, you know, but in that moment, I was completely outside of his will and outside of his rest because I let this outside situation affect me in such a major way. And when I tell you it was a major way, like it was a major way. Yeah, I am continuously amazed because I really don't have... I don't have that struggle. I guess I just live in um, a time. Huh? Nothing. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know. No, it's just I live in like, um, I want to say generation, but it's not just a generation. Like I live in that peace. Like I'm not going to let anything steal my joy because I'll feel this way and the other person will not even care. So why am I so upset to the point where it hurts myself physically? Where the other person, like you said, doesn't even care. I want to attribute to you because really seeing the type of person you are and there's no like shots being thrown. No, no. Like I live, I, I tell all my children, I live in front of you out loud. I don't hide anything. I mean, like I said, I feel like experience can be the teacher of fools. So if you see me struggle or deal with something, why would you allow yourself to walk down that same road? Be better. <laughs> Learn from me. That's what I'm here for. Don't let the world teach you something because you can learn from me in love. Right. And just seeing the type of person you are, flaws and all, like I just understood that I can allow myself to get that angry because not only will it just affect me, it will affect the other people around me. And I never want somebody else 
to be hurt or sad or whatever feeling they might have because of the fact that I can't control my emotions and my feelings. And especially when it just can go back and forth so easily, you know? You know what, like, for so long, like for years, right? For years, you know what, like, kept me in the place I was in? It was the validation of others. It was people saying, you're right. You're right. If that was me, I feel the same way too. You're right. You're right. And it's funny because this particular situation, it wasn't even about me. It was about somebody else. And I was kind of fighting for somebody. <laughs> so, um, which couldn't fight for themselves. Um, so I felt like I was warranted to be angry because, you know, it just the situation, right? That person was just dead wrong. Like you dead wrong for all of this. Like I said, the facts are the facts. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is God's truth, not even our truth. Like we have truth, but it's based on our perception. It's based on our understanding, but it may not be God's truth. We can be dead wrong and think we have God intent, good intentions, but they're not God intentions. Like we could be standing in our truth and find out that that was not God's will and purpose for us. Like it, it wasn't. And so um, I think about when Peter wanted to fight um, the soldiers that were coming to arrest Jesus. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't talking to Peter. He was talking to the spirit that was speaking through Peter. He was saying, no, that's, that's not God's will. So this is the enemy right here. Like you're doing something outside of the father's will. It's a getting to place for some people. It's a journey. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not hating on anybody. Of course, I can't hate at all. <laughs> but I'm just saying it is definitely a getting to place if you're not used to it. If you're not used to it, it's hard. It can be a struggle. But that's why earlier I talked about that emotional maturity. It's so important for us to learn emotional maturity, right? It's that peace that can't nobody steal. It's that I'm sitting on my square and this is my square. And see, before I would be sitting on my square, but then let somebody come into my area and I'd be standing up with pitchforks trying to defend my square. It's like, nah, I don't have to defend my square because it's my square, right? And, and when you look at it that way, it just becomes so simple. Like what God has for me is for me. Can't nobody take away from me. And one of my favorite scriptures is Romans eight twenty eight, And I am so sure that all things, all things work together for my good. Everything. Even when it looks like I'm taking an L, I still win. Maybe it won't look like it today, but down the road, <laughs> I'm a win. Like, I'm walking in victory. I'm victorious going in and victorious coming out. So, you know, it's just sometimes I don't be wanting, I'm be honest, I don't be wanting to take the L's. Not in the beginning, not not in the middle. Now, I don't want to even look like I'm taking the L. Like, you know, <laughs> sometimes that's just what it is. I'm going to be honest with myself because God knows me anyway. Sometimes it's just like, nah, I'm not giving you that. I'm not even giving you the opportunity. But I'm learning to just, you know what? He fights my battles. And, and it's funny because in this situation, he would not let me speak. I tried to explain things like he shut the door. He closed the door. I had a dream that this person had the spirit of Pharaoh. I had a dream that the the countenance of this person's face had changed. So who I once thought they were, God was showing me like this ain't even the same person that you once knew. Like everything about this person is different. So you're not going to be able to appeal 
to this person, you know, to, to you're thinking they have this good side or they have this caring side or this understanding side, that side ain't there no more. <laughs> they have completely given themselves to the spirit of anger and the spirit of confusion and to just evil. And so, and it may be not even just them. There's other circumstances, like other family members that are in this person's ear and they have given themselves over to that. And God showed me literally. So I was wasting my efforts by even trying to talk or even trying to say, you know, work things out or whatever. Like he shut the door every single time. So to this day, I was never able to explain. I was never able to talk. I was never able to, you know, work anything out because God shut the door because he already knew what it was. So I had no choice but just to walk it out and allow him to fight the battle. But I, I went through a whole lot physically, a lot. I went through a lot physically. And I feel like if anybody knew what I went through physically as a result of the situation, it's like, yo, <laughs> like... <laughs> Who are you, bro? Like, what normal, decent human being does this to somebody else? But it is what it is, because I'm still here. Right. And it only makes you stronger as a result. Absolutely. And I can imagine it can be frustrating not being able to explain or talk through it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, my favorite scripture since I was little was Exodus 14, 14. Very easy to remember. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I live by that scripture. And that's probably why I'm still, I'm always so at peace. Because I'm like, nah, the Lord going to fight this battle. I got no reason to even put my hand up on it. And and actually, that's funny because the first, um, I want to say the first set of court cases that I had to go through. I, I just didn't have peace about it. That's when I was fighting for understanding, fighting to be able to explain, fighting to say, hey, I didn't do this. I didn't initiate this. This was not me. Fighting to say, hey, we can work together, kind of like against, you know, the forces that be. Like, hey, let's work together to make sure we have something, you know, in writing that this can never happen again, but because that person didn't even give me the opportunity to explain anything, it never happened. So I was so, I can't think of the word. Like it, my spirit was just so unsettled about the whole thing. And although we were praying about it and, you know, I had other people praying about it, I just didn't have peace. And I remember it was the night before court. And, um, the Lord dropped that scripture in my spirit. Like I fight your battle, you know, just be still like, you know, when you've done all you can, then the only thing you can do is just stand. And it was crazy because I was so uneasy going into court. Right. But when I came, when, when I went through that process and when I came out, <laughs> he gave me triple for my trouble, triple, triple, for my trouble I didn't I won't ask him for it at all and he said no I'm this is what I'm gonna do because because somebody put you in this situation that you weren't supposed to be in I'm gonna allow this situation to bless you and it was so it blew my mind it absolutely blew my mind and so um yeah I was like okay <laughs> I, I get it now I get it I did all of that he was like now look what the Lord has done you did all of that stressing and all of that 
have it being uneasy and you know calling the prayer warriors to <laughs> all of that and I, I already got you and it was funny because it was prophesied to me that he had me before like like two months before it even happened a very well-known prophet prophesied to me and said god is gonna give you rest from legal problems and i was just like what i don't got no legal problems what is this? you know <laughs> and then when it happened it was like oh but I got the prophetic word and I actually, I forgot all about the prophetic word. Like it was because it was so extreme, you know, the, the situation was so extreme that I just completely, I didn't stand or rest on that word that he had already given me to let me know it's going to be all right. And so what has happened as a result is it all worked out. It always does. Always. It's amazing how he'll give us little mysteries in the beginning. And then as we go through the things, he'll show us bit by bit to unlock that mystery that he gives us. He even says that in his word where he'll give us the keys to unlock the mysteries of this world or his word. That's why he speaks in parables. So the wise can't understand, but the ones that are of God, his children, he'll will allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the meaning of it. And I just love that about my God. And it's funny because that's kind of, it kind of brings us back right to the beginning because that was the experience today. Like you love me so much that you'll make sure I get the message. Like, hey, come spend some time with me. Like you love me so much that, you know, the Bible says there's a scripture and it says, as a deer pants for the water, so does my soul, you know, pant for thee, long for thee. And sometimes I get so caught up of just the need of wanting him, wanting him, wanting him. And as that is important, he's so loving that he lets us know, I want you too. I want you too. I want to spend time with you. I want to come and sit and sup with you. I want to love on you. I want to show you things that nobody else has seen. I want to give you mysteries. And, you know, I, I want to tell you things that, in ways that other people can't understand. I want to do something special with just you. And it blows my mind every single time. And that's like when you said about how he reveals those mysteries or whatever, He's so loving and honorable and faithful that he'll tell me something, watch me go through everything I went through and still end up making sure that blessing is wrapped up in a pretty bow in a nice way. And it's just going to blow my socks off in the end. He's like, he's sitting back like, you know, you're going through all this unnecessary stuff. I've already done it for you. Like love, why are you tripping? <laughs> like if you knew what I knew, which is in my words, so you should know it you wouldn't be tripping. It's unnecessary. But you know, I love you. So unfortunately, I'm a just like a parent, I'm gonna watch you go through all of this unnecessary stuff. I'm gonna love you through it all. And in the end, you're gonna be right here just thanking me, which is what you just did. <laughs> thank you, mom. Is <laughs> what I did today with with my father, like, gotta thank you for loving me so much that you will give me everything I need. And sometimes I don't recognize but we just have to take those moments to be like, God, thank you for loving me, for showing me the right way, for letting me be who I am and loving me through it all. 